Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tea Time Reports. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the USFL offseason coverage. I have a lot to cover today, so I'll try and get to all of it, obviously. I just, I like to let the news kind of stack up for the USFL, and then I'll drop an episode. So probably every four or five days, um, maybe every week instead, I'll, I'll be dropping one of these. Um, just to kind of talk about who's been signed, league news, um, player information and news. I mean, there's so much to talk about regarding a league. So, I mean, it's a lot to cover. So we'll go ahead and get started here. Um, quarterback from the Michigan Panthers, EJ Perry, was signed to the Texans, Houston Texans, excuse me, listed as quarterback three on the roster chart, on the depth chart, excuse me. Frank Ginda, linebacker from the Michigan Panthers, contract agreement with the Atlanta Falcons was $750,000 for one year. And that was the defensive player of the year in 2023 for the Michigan Panthers in the USFL, so in my opinion, that's a steal. Running back C.J. Marable's contract with the New England Patriots uh, was one year $750,000 as well. Micah Vanderpool, offensive tackle that was signed from the New Jersey Generals to the New England Patriots, got a three-year $2.6 million contract. Defensive tackle Olive Sagapolu signs with the Eagles. Really awesome to see that because he was a really, really high productive player. For the Maulers, one of the main reasons they got to the promised land last year, they just could not seal the deal. Um, but he's a really good player, and I could see him potentially even starting um, it, you know, down the line. Cornerback Nate Brooks uh, signed his contract with the San Francisco 49ers for one year, $750,000. Cornerback for the New Orleans Breakers, Neville Clark, signed to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Really good player. That's the first New Orleans breaker to actually be signed, which is incredibly interesting in my personal opinion. A lot of really good players on that team overall in the league, but uh, that was their first player picked up by an NFL squad. Running back Aaron Champlin, uh, Champlin, I know I talked about him getting signed, but his information was not released. Um, But after weeks of waiting, uh, we find out he is going to the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Really good to see that. He's a very elusive back. He's got the feet, got the footwork to to get him to that place, and obviously they like pass-catching backs in L.A., so he will fit in perfectly. Wide receiver slash cornerback slash special teams player, one of my favorite football players of all time, he signed with the Las Vegas Raiders. He was actually with the Las Vegas Raiders last offseason, but then he rejoined the USFL after. So it's really awesome to see some consistency with that organization and Isaiah Zuber. Hopefully he'll be able to start because he's an all-around great ball player and one of my favorites to watch, especially in the USFL. One of those guys that never dropped anything, never missed an assignment, did everything that he could all the time. And that's just always been Isaiah Zuber. Birmingham uh, Stallions cornerback Matt Hankins signed with the LA Chargers as well. Apparently he was an Iowa legend, but that's, I think, 15 players from the Stallions that were signed yet so far. So... They're creating a legitimate pipeline from the Birmingham Stallions club to the NFL because it just shows that this was a full-sound club in the USFL that was producing legitimate talent, developing players and coaches, and giving them great opportunities to go thrive in the NFL or make at least an impact on the USFL and the uh, NFL. But you know, leaving room for them to potentially come back and have a legacy career in the USFL, which is something I've always enjoyed. Um, to think about, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, you know, who knows? A Reggie Corbin can't make it to the NFL. I'd love him to become the best running back in USFL history. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many options there for a lot of these players. 
Um, some GM news, uh, some movement. GM for the Houston Gamblers, Robert Morris, stepped down, and Lionel Vital uh, is his replacement. And then the GM for the Pittsburgh Maulers steps down. His name was uh, Lonnie... Oh, excuse me. I wrote this name really fucked up. Lonnie. I think Lonnie Y. And then uh, Dennis Pollian is his replacement. So it's good that we saw immediate replacements for the GM positions. Um, it's also really good that we saw every team at least push up one player to the NFL. That's a draw to so much talent out there. They're like, okay, maybe I can hop in the USFL and I'll get noticed. I mean, you will get noticed 1,000%, but uh, it could either be for good or worse. But um, another thing I did want to briefly touch up on, um, a nice rest in peace moment um, for uh, kind of a guy that left a good impact on this game. Um, Always smiling, always having a good time. Um, Former Seattle Seahawk and Baltimore Raven, and as of most recently, former Memphis Showboat running back Alex Collins passed away uh, in a motorcycle accident. And, um, uh, you know, I was thinking back to the USFL season. I remember watching him play. He had a fir- he had a really good first, like, three, four games. Then he got injured. But he threw a touchdown pass. He was a, He's a lefty. Threw with his left hand. It was really awesome to see. Um, my thoughts only go out to his friends and family. Social media was kind of in a blaze um, when we all found out. Because, I mean... Despite him not having the best NFL career, still left an impact on a lot of people's lives. And, you know, rest in peace and uh, definitely fly high, brother. And we're all thinking about you and we miss you down here. Um, Yeah, I mean, more often than not, do we, you know, just kind of gloss over the, you know, finer things for players that, uh, you know, pass or move on in the next life, if you will. And I just wanted to hopefully, you know, say I really enjoyed pl- watching you play in the USFL, Alex, and um, got I got a couple of your USFL cards, so I, I'll keep those forever, and that's for damn sure. Um, but again, rest in peace to, to Alex Collins, and my thoughts and positive energy goes out to his family and friends. Absolutely. Um, and we also have some more Stuff to, you know, kind of go over here. Austin Watkins, um, wide receiver, former wide receiver for the Birmingham Stallions, now wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns, has been making a name for himself in the Hall of Fame game and preseason week two. And he just looks like an NFL wide receiver. He has great route running ability. He's physically in shape to be able to handle those smaller corners as well as those stronger corners. And he's making acrobatic catches contorting his body into only ways that starting wide receivers in the NFL are able to do. Not just catching it with his body, not just being a body catcher, but also being able to use utilize his hands. I've seen some one-handed catches, um, some really cool like jump-spin catches. Like He's a very good wide receiver, and me personally, I think he could maybe work his way up to maybe the best wide receiver on that roster, um, and I could definitely see him in Deshaun Watson. Um developing a chemistry in the regular season at least I hope so because he is a good wide receiver and definitely deserves the chance to prove himself Um, but also he already has these past two weeks going into preseason week three this guy has showed out more than any other USFL player that's been signed this guy is immediate impact 
immediate starter game changer for for the for this Browns offense. I mean, they don't have a lot in the wide receiving room. They got Schwartz and Donovan Peoples Jones, which both guys are mid. But I would literally call Austin Watkins Jr. right here, right now, as good as them. Like, because <laughs> they're nothing. They're nothing crazy, man. And like, they need to spice it up in that uh, wide receiver room, or at least add depth to it. And adding Austin Watkins, and hopefully he makes a final roster cut, is the perfect way to do it and build uh, depth in that room. Um, all USFL teams officially have a player signed by an NFL team this season, um, which is really awesome. The Stallions have the most, I believe, by far. And then the second most, I think, is either the Maulers or the Panthers. So really awesome to see that. And it's only going to keep going with one more week of preseason with a little over 30 days left of, uh, of uh, you know, OTAs, training camp, and just the you know, pr- process to lead into the season. Um, you know, we have time and teams have time, players have time. So they're going to make the right decisions, the right calls, bring in new people if needed, bring in new players if needed. So I can see another 10 USFL guys maybe getting signed before the beginning of the season, um, for sure, which will bring that number, um, relatively close to 42, 43. So just something really cool to think about. There's some free agency signings as well. Um, obviously I talked about cornerback Matt Hankins. From the Birmingham Stallions, his contract was terminated. Um, and then the Pittsburgh Maulers brought back three guys, which is awesome to see. Um, offensive tackle Justin Evans. Offensive guard John Dyson, Wide receiver Trey Walker. Trey Walker is a very good piece for them to, to bring back because he's a very good route runner. Solid possession catch wide receiver. And one of the most consistent pieces on this team for the past two years has been Trey Walker. And I can stand on that. And then the Memphis Showboats also signed um, three of their guys back, I believe. T.J. Neal, linebacker, who was a standout linebacker last year. Really good performance here and there. Um, can't wait to see him grow in to another year in the system with that defense. Long snapper Ryan DeSalvo and offensive lineman Matt Burrell. So they're bringing back some foundational building blocks, and I really can appreciate that um, because they are going to need some continuity, and that chemistry will need to return for these teams to actually have some success. Because chemistry in the USFL, I think, is one of the more important things with these teams. The only reason we see some teams are shit and some teams are really good is because they have a good rapport, not only with the head coach, but everything down the line. Um, A date to circle on your calendar, 829, NFL cutdown day. 627 NFL caliber football players will be looking for work. Think they're glad the USFL and XFL exist? Expect many of them to find a new home in a spring league, an opportunity they did not have a few years ago. That was uh, via Luke Miller PFN on X. Shout out to him. He does a really good job you know, keeping everyone updated regarding the USFL and their news. Brett Mayer was 0-2 on kicks in Denver's lone preseason game, and this is now the only kicker on their roster. Denver needs to look at the USFL, Matt Coughlin, Louis Aguilar, Chris Blewett, Cole Murphy, etc. All kickers capable of consistently hitting from 50 plus. Their tape proves it. And that was according to James Larson, PFN on X as well. Another guy that I really enjoy being able to follow and and keep updated with um, on on his, I guess, socials because he's very adamant and very active. Yeah, rest in peace, Alex Collins, man. I'm scrolling through Twitter right now, and I reposted a bunch of his old tape. And man, he had a with the Ravens, he was something. He actually had 
like burst to him. In the USFL, like he he gained a lot of muscle and became more of a traditional power back. But uh, on the Ravens, it looked like he legitimately was able to. I mean, gosh, some of these runs look like Marshawn Lynch, bro. I'm not even playing with you. I mean, I know we had Joe Flacco as his quarterback, but he was just kind of a hefty, fast power back, and it worked. Really fun to watch. Oh, gosh, I'm having fun watching these highlights here. Joe Flacco ran out and blocked for him. Dove for the pylon. I mean, you can't beat that, man. Um, And according to the USFL, just because I do want to respect Alex Johnson, according to Daryl Johnson, president of the football operations department of the USFL, the USFL family is absolutely heartbroken by the passing of Alex Collins. He played the game of football with such passion passion, and was a great teammate. An ambassador of the game, Alex represented the best of our sport both on and off the field. On behalf of the USFL family, the Memphis Showboats, and our fans who watched and cheer his incredible talents, we send our deepest condolences to Alex's family, friends, and teammates. I mean, I just, oh my god, man, I'm just watching him play. You know? That's crazy. That's crazy. That, that, um, even though we all love this game, we all love sports, that, uh, you know, when tragedy hits, you gotta stand together. That's for damn sure. But um, another cool thing I did want to briefly talk about here um, were the PFF grades for some of the USFL players that were playing in the um, preseason. Um, Jordan Ferguson, 18 snaps at edge. His defensive grade was 32.7. Run defense, 6, snack, six snaps, 55.6. Tackle grade, 28.6. Pass rush, 11 snaps, 56.4. Coverage grade, 1 snap, 60. Jordan Ferguson had three total pressures and one sack in his NFL preseason debut for the Seattle Seahawks. Daniel Helm, tight end, former Memphis Showboat, 33 snaps on offense, offensive grade 43.0, pass grade 15 snaps, 47.1, pass block 3 snaps, 50.3, run block 15 snaps, 58.6. Helm was targeted only once in the game between the Detroit Lions and the New York Giants and recorded no catches. Helm also had a penalty called on him twice. So that's not the best from Daniel Helm, but he did look decent blocking. Um, so that's okay, you know. Um, but I, again, I did want to touch back up on uh, linebacker Greg Reeves. Um, they, the Showboats did re-sign him as well as TJ Neal, so they're bringing back two of their linebackers, kind of like the Generals. They're bringing back those foundational core pieces. Really, really excited for the Showboats because that is going to be a scary club going into next season. Um, and then another signing from the Pittsburgh Maulers was offensive lineman Braden Patton. I believe it's a returning player. Um, and then obviously there was more USFL workouts. Uh, linebacker Joel DeBlanco for the Texans, cornerback Corian Ballard for the Ravens, safety Manny Munch with the Bears, and safety Kyrie Woods with the Cardinals. Um, it is very good to see the quality talent in the USFL still getting looks from the NFL. Even if they're not getting signed, they are getting looks. Bringing them in the building, checking them out, see what they have to offer. Um, and I love that. And I think it just furthers developmental processes of players. Um, but yeah, no, there's not really much else to go over. We did touch up on the GMs, um, a couple of the flip-floppities. Um, but the Pittsburgh Maulers hired GM Dennis Polian. Lonnie Young does step down. Um 
And then for the Houston Gamblers, Robert Morris stepped down, and his replacement was Lionel Vital. Um, Vital has plenty of professional experience in both CFL and NFL and joins the USFL Gamblers ahead of the 2024 season. That is another club that could be very good next year. They have all the talent, all the upside, but they just don't have the quarterback to maintain consistency. So maybe that's what we'll see out of the Gamblers, looking for that new quarterback. Um, And then obviously shout out to EJ Perry for wearing number three. Texans uh, camp, and then Frank Ginda, number 42, Micah Vanderpool, number 72, CJ Marable, number 37. Just thought that was pretty cool. I mean, just learning their jersey numbers that they might go into the regular season with if they make the final roster cut. I think that's pretty awesome. Um, oh, I did not talk about Breland Speaks deal uh, with the 40, uh, San Francisco 49ers. It was a one-year deal, $870,000, um, which is really good. He did negotiate a little more, so that's pretty cool. Um, and also shout out to a former USFL player. The Houston Texans plan to sign wide receiver, Victor Bolden, um, according to Aaron Wilson underscore NFL on X. So shout out to him really sucks that the uh, Michigan Panthers had to, you know, get rid of not only their only good quarterback on the roster, EJ Perry, but, but Frank Ginda as well. Um, they're probably the best linebacker in the USFL because him and Keava Tazino are out, um, Another thing I do want to see, I want to see Isaiah Henney re-signed. Um, it looks like he still has the the Maulers in his bio, so he probably will be uh, coming back because that's just who he is, man. Um, but yeah, no, moving into, I guess, the last topic of discussion. Overall impact of the USFL players in preseason has been very good. Um I've seen a lot of really good plays get made by USFL guys. I've seen a lot of guys show out. I mean, Austin Watkins is the perfect example. Really good debut by him. Good debut by Levi Bell. Good debut by, obviously, Austin Watkins in the Hall of Fame game. The USFL has finally been able to add this spotlight into the other room of all those other players that slipped through the crack. And now we're able to see those guys make impacts on, you know, so far preseason rosters, but we saw Cavante Turpin go all pro in his debut season. So there's upside to a lot of these guys, a lot of really good developmental processes that'll make them even better. And I'm sure that's how Austin Watkins got better, like off rip. He was really good in the USFL, but he was not making some of those catches now. So he put in a lot of work, a lot of time and a lot of effort And I think that's also a part of it as well. The grinding mentality of the underdog mindset where these guys are going to do everything they can to get on that roster. And you want guys like that more than anything. Determination and persistency and consistency is key. And we get to see that out of some of these USFL players going into the NFL. It shows that spring football works. It shows the USFL works. And it also shows straight up that Despite what people say, based on the contract sizes, the amount of players, I think the USFL is here to stay, and I think it's the premier spring league um, for sure. I mean, I don't really want to watch the XFL's garbage. I don't want to watch AAF. I don't want to watch arena football. I don't want to watch CFL. All those are very, like, kind of low quality, especially with the play. Um, So I'm good on that. Uh, we'll definitely be sticking with a more professionally sound, financially sound, and quality of play sound league in the USFL where the better talent is, the better coaching is, and the better, I guess, business mindset is for the league. 
Um, and I'm just ecstatic to go into season three and hopefully see what I've been talking about this entire time. A lot of these guys re-signed should come back and destroy. And then obviously the guys that get cut from the rosters will probably come back as well. So we'll see some continuity and some of the familiar faces as we did from season one to season two for sure. But to all my people out there that are USFL fans, thank you so much for tuning in to Tea Time Reports. Uh, make sure you're following us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Threads at Tea Time Reports for any kind of sports news, music, or movie stuff. Uh, all support and interactions are appreciated. Uh, this is Trevor signing up. Take care.